Abnan, happy hump day to you and yours. Thanks for joining me. It is always appreciated. I need an advocate in this business. That's what people need to get ahead. All of you are my advocate. All of you who enjoy what we do here at the Nick Cattle Show, you advocate for this program by doing a couple of things. Apple Pod, Spotify, rate and review. And on YouTube, give us that thumbs up. means an awful lot. That thumbs up means an awful lot. It means more eyeballs, more eyeballs. Also, comment and subscribe. Still trying to hit 1,000 subscriptions. Fell short of the goal last night, but we're about 50 short or so. Not too far away. So don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe uh, to the video and the channel. Okay, before we get to the trading deadline and how the Patriots failed at said deadline, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, Nick Lombardi, all fired today from Vegas, technically late last night. We all woke up to the news this morning. And Josh is not a good head coach. He wasn't a good head coach in Denver. He was not a good head coach in Vegas. And so I'm not surprised that he was let go. His decision-making in-game wasn't very good. Clock management, not very good. His offense, which is supposed to be obviously his expertise with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Myers, the offense wasn't good. And they never really chose a path. If your argument is that John Gruden ruined the organization and you need a rebuild, then rebuild it the right way. Going out and signing Chandler Jones, trading for Devontae Adams, bringing in a bridge quarterback in Jimmy G when you let Derek Carr walk. None of that makes any sense in the big picture. So I'm not surprised he's gone. I wish him well. He's going to get paid by Mark Davis, which is good. Obviously, family plays a role in this. Where do they want to go back to maybe New England? Maybe they want to go somewhere else. Is New England an option? Absolutely. He could absolutely return to New England. We all know Belichick, it's the family. You're in the family. Kraft, you're in the family. McDaniels is part of that Kraft Belichick family. And he's going to continue to get paid by the Raiders, as I just mentioned, which is always a good thing for the Patriots organization. We see them all the time bring guys in who are getting paid by other franchises to do some work with the Patriots organization. So he could absolutely be back. Do you want more retreads? Do you want McDaniels back? Or do you want to rip the Band-Aid off if this thing continues to go down the road that it's going down? I mean, there's a lot of different arguments that we could get into, but I, I think big picture, McDaniels has to figure out what he wants to do. I would not be surprised if he returns to New England in some capacity at some point. All right, let's get to the trading deadline. Now, there are big thoughts and there are minutia-like thoughts. There are granular thoughts. Big thoughts on the trading deadline yesterday. When you're two and six and you do nothing, that's a loss. You failed. At two and six, you don't pull the trigger on getting rid of any of the guys on this roster to bring in draft capital. You failed. That's the headline. The Patriots failed at the trading deadline because they failed to move anybody off this roster for draft capital, for assets at two and six. That is a failure. It's a failure by Belichick. It's a failure by Kraft. It's a failure by everybody in this organization. It's a fail. You know, if you're going to make a deal for a pick, that's better than nothing. And I'll get into different categories because, as you know, if you've been watching this and listening to this, I am not a guy that said 
sell everybody, get rid of everybody, put the for sale sign up front at Gillette Stadium. I'm not one of those guys. I think each particular player who was walking into the final year of their contract before this season and are now eyeing free agency a couple of months from now, I think each individual player gets handled in a different way, in a certain way. And I'll go through my categories in a few minutes. But big picture, two and six, doing nothing, you failed. I'd also say that nobody knows what really was offered for certain players. We know what gets leaked to the media. We understand that sometimes there's agendas, if not all of the time, there are agendas leaking information to the media. We don't know what was offered. We don't know what was offered, for example, for Josh Uche. We we have no idea what the particular offer was. There's going to be different levels of interest in different guys on the roster. So we can't treat everybody the same. We can't treat every player the same. We can't treat every situation the same. We can't treat every trade conversation the same. We all have to understand that. We acknowledge it. We move forward with it. I can only go off of the reports. I don't have anybody on the inside. I'm not knocking down doors throughout the NFL to to get kernels of information and intel about what Josh Uche might have gone for. Burt Breer does that stuff. Jeff Howe does that stuff. Andrew Callahan does that stuff. Greg Bedard does that stuff. I can go only go off of the reports that we have. I can only go off of what I read, what I hear, and what I see and react to those things. I don't have the sources around the NFL. I apologize for that. If you're looking for inside information, 99.5% of the time, you are going to be disappointed if that's what you're looking for from this podcast, from this show. These guys, okay, they either had no value on the market or the Patriots were unwilling to deal them or the Patriots overvalued their players. Those are really the three options that we look into, okay? When you're looking at the trading deadline, the three buckets that we're looking into, guy had no value, push him aside. Patriots unwilling to truly trade that guy, another bucket. Patriots overvalued the player and wanted more from another team than they should have wanted. They could not come to an agreement. That's another bucket. And what I can tell you is some of the guys had value. This is not a situation where the league looked at the Patriots players and said, we're not interested. In some cases, yes, but not in all cases. Again, this is not universal. We can't look at this and treat every player at the trading deadline as a monolith. It's not how this works. So the Patriots, they had players that had value on the market that they could have traded yesterday that they failed to trade. And I know that because Burt Breer posted on X yesterday that the Patriots listened. They listened, but decided to hang on to guys like Uche, Kyle Duggar, Michael Wenu. And if the Patriots are listening, guess what? That means people are calling. This is only common sense. You only listen if somebody's talking to you. You only pick up the phone if the phone rings. According to Burt Breer, the phone rang. The Patriots made the conscious decision to hold on to everybody. That's what they decided was the right thing to do. And because that's what the decision was, I can only be led to one thought and that 
how this was handled tells me this was a Bill Belichick trading deadline. We know that Bill makes the final calls. That's been reported over the last week or two. But if we were hoping or thinking or wondering if Robert Kraft was going to step in, it's rather obvious Kraft did not step in at this trading deadline. He did not give Belichick any kind of mandate. He did not say to Bill, hey, look, Bill, if this guy's not part of the long-term plan, let's move on from him because we stink right now. Let's try to bring in some draft capital so we can build this thing the right way moving forward in 2024. That conversation either did not happen, or if it did happen, Belichick ignored Kraft, which I don't think is what went down here. So the inactivity tells me that this was a Bill Belichick trading deadline. Bill Belichick made these decisions, and I can't help but wonder, and I can't help but go back to conversations we've had in prior podcasts about head coach Belichick versus GM Belichick. Head coach Belichick did not want to trade any of these guys because head coach Belichick is focused on winning right now. To coach Belichick, winning seven games is better than winning four games. Every win gets him closer to Don Shula's record. Every win, I'm sure in his mind, gives him more legitimacy to stay on with this program moving forward. You have head coach Bill Belichick trying to keep his guys on this team so they could win as many games as humanly possible this year versus GM Belichick, who did not separate himself enough to say, we can move on from some of these guys. We don't have to keep everybody. And again, I'm not one person that sits here and and says that everybody should be traded to bail on everyone. I understand the dynamics of the locker room, and I don't think that you go for a fire sale, but we don't have to treat things as black or white, not mutually exclusive. You don't have to trade everybody, but trading some people would have made a hell of a lot of sense yesterday. And I think we should all agree on that. Head coach Belichick made the decision that he wanted to keep a guy like Josh Uche because Uche meant more to him this year in this program than what a fifth round or fourth round pick might have meant in April. That's a head coach over a GM kind of decision. And that's not how everywhere works. New England is different. When you when you look at the value of players, I would say it's very likely that head coach Belichick overvalued some of his guys. And I say that because, again, Burt Breer reports that calls were coming in. Calls were coming in. The Patriots did not want to trade Uche, Duggar, and Owenu, or at least they did not want to trade those guys for what they could have gotten in return. Ian Rappaport posted on X yesterday that it didn't sound like anything got close. Now, Mike Giardi last night on Boston Sports Tonight, or it was early edition, one of those two, Giardi said that he heard the Jaguars were close, or at least Jacksonville thought they were close in acquiring Uche, and that there was a one-round difference between the value of what Belichick had for Uche and what the Jags had for Uche. And that stopped the deal. And Robert Kraft wasn't stepping in. Simple as that. Diana Russini posted about this on X yesterday. Diana from The Athletic, formerly of ESPN, she, she posted about this. She posted that she was told that Washington ownership had a strong hand in deciding to deal both Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Now, you and I can agree or disagree with trading one of those guys, both of those guys, whatever. That's not the point. The point is that ownership stepped in and said, we're not good enough. 
We need to trade both Young and Sweat, bring in draft capital so we can start to reset this organization in the right way. Ownership made that decision. They stepped in and said, we have to make this crucial decision at this point because we think this is what's best for the franchise moving forward. Kraft thought that allowing Belichick to do Belichick business was the best path to move forward here in 2023. I disagree vehemently on that. So Kraft was unwilling to step in. Russini posted that many inside the building in Washington disagreed with ownership. They thought the team's better than what ownership thought. They weren't necessarily thrilled. But at the end of the day, ownership made that call and said, we own this team. We want you to do this. Now execute the plan. Kraft could have done that. And yes, it might have started a whole fire and chaos with Belichick in the middle of a season. But Kraft had that opportunity. He had that option. He decided not to. And he allowed Belichick to do what Belichick does, which I think was a major disservice for the future of this franchise. It was a swing and a miss. It was a fail. Belichick failed. Kraft failed in not stepping up and saying, let's move some of these guys. All right, again, not every player is the same. Uh, different reactions about different guys. I'm going to get into my categories and how I would have handled each guy. I'll get in that, get into that in a minute. But first, again, you are my advocate. People in this business, they had advocates. That's why they're on the radio. That's why they're on TV. You are my advocate. Your support helps this program continue, helps this program build and grow, and maybe do some good things here down the road. It's all because of you and your support. So don't forget to rate and review on Apple Pods and Spotify. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Okay, so let's talk about the first category. The first category is the never had conversations, guys. These guys, there were no calls coming in, whether it was because of a lack of interest or whatever, I'll get into in a minute. But according to reports, Burt Breer, again, who's pretty well plugged in, Burt says that the Patriots never received calls on Mac Jones or Zeke Elliott. Now, it's interesting because Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report reported earlier in the day that running back needy teams did call on Zeke. But Bert says nobody called on Mac or Zeke. And I, I understand that some people, the people that can't stand Mac Jones and want him out, I understand some of them will be cackling and saying, Haha, nobody called on Mac Jones. I don't think it's because Mac Jones has zero value. Trey Lance went for a fourth-round pick. Carson Wentz, damaged goods, went for a number of picks. Sam Darnold went for multiple picks. Trades happen. I mean, Josh Dobbs went for a pick yesterday, a pick swap. So I don't think it's because nobody believes Mac Jones is a, a good enough quarterback to offer something. The first question you ask is how many teams were actually looking for quarterbacks? There was one. There was Minnesota. And in Minnesota's situation, bringing in Dobbs for a late pick swap is a much easier deal to make than calling New England and giving New England what they would probably want in return for Mac, which I think would have been at least a third, but most likely a second round pick. Minnesota is not going to give up a second round pick. We talked about this. I said this, if, if Minnesota called you and offered you a second round pick, I'm pulling the trigger on a trade. But as I said in yesterday's podcast, I don't believe Minnesota is going to do that. It doesn't make enough sense for them. 
So how many teams actually wanted to acquire a quarterback at the deadline? Obviously, there was one team that pulled the trigger on a low-level kind of deal. It's very difficult to acquire somebody and throw them into a system in the middle of the year. It's exponentially more difficult to do that with a quarterback. It's very, very tough to grab Mac Jones and say, okay, we're just going to throw this guy into our program, our scheme, our system in the middle of the season and expect him to do great things, expect him to even be good. And that's why you don't see a ton of offensive guys traded during the season or really any guys traded. You, you have more trades now than you've had before the last few years. But it's very difficult to just grab a QB and transition in the middle of a season and say, he's our guy. And I just don't think the value is there. Again, the, the, the rest of the league, I'm looking at Mac Jones, you're looking at Mac Jones, and he right now is an asset that is pennies on the dollar. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. Teams aren't going to call Belichick and offer a fifth-round pick for Mac because they know that Belichick's not going to take a fifth-round pick for Mac. Belichick didn't want to take a fifth-round pick for Josh Uche. He's not going to take it for Mac Jones. So the calls weren't coming in. Simple as that. Teams look at the situation. They know that New England has no quarterback, too, that they actually have any kind of confidence in. Now, Ezekiel Elliott, I'm surprised. If there were no calls on Zeke, I'm surprised. I think he brings value, short yardage, goal line. He's not making a lot of money. He seems to be a really good leader in the locker room. I'm surprised that nobody called on him. I mean, maybe teams look at the running back position and they say, well, this guy that we have on the practice squad or the guy that we have as running back three, there's not really much of a difference between that guy and Ezekiel Elliott. So why are we going to give up a pick if there's not much difference? Maybe that's what it was. But again, those are the never had conversations, guys. Mac, Jones, and Zeke Elliott. A lot more thoughts coming up. Rate, review, Apple Pod, Spotify, like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. All right, here's another category. This category is the would have traded these guys for anything category. This is where I have an issue with Belichick. This is why I say that the Patriots failed at the deadline yesterday. I don't want to trade everybody. I think trading everybody and anybody is a big time mistake by any organization. It sets you on a path to be a losing franchise, not just within the vacuum of this season, but many seasons moving forward. But I think all of us can look at this team and say the Patriots could have traded at least a couple of guys to bring in draft capital. And these are the guys that, again, I would have traded them for anything. Josh Uche. I'm trading Uche. I'm getting rid of Uche. First, Understand and acknowledge the background to all of this and the circumstances that each of these players are dealing with. You know, Josina Anderson posted this on X. I think it was on Monday. Here's what she wrote. As teams still consider whether to deal or not to deal, one thing I will say, based on what I know in multiple situations, in my opinion, you cannot, you cannot elect not to deal a player and also not give them a multi-year deal that's deserved. That's asking for carryover vibes and not the good ones. And Josina Anderson, who's been in the NFL circles for a long time now, she finished her post by writing, it's a deal or pay. So you're, you're either dealing somebody or you're going to pay that person. 
that's where we have some issues, right? Josh Uche, look, we've talked about him. He's a situational pass rusher for what the Patriots want to do. He's a third down sub guy. Pin your ears back, play 35% of the snaps. He doesn't contain the edge, doesn't play the run well, and he's not going to fit in this system. He's going into free agency. He's very likely going to get paid a decent amount of money because there are plenty of teams in the league that want a pass rusher like Uche. And there were multiple teams reportedly interested in Uche. I brought up Jacksonville earlier. There are more reports about interest in Uche. Teams were interested in him. He plays 35% of the snaps for you. You're two and six. Why in the blue hell are you not trading that guy? He doesn't fit your system. He's very, very, very unlikely to come back. He's going to want to get paid and he's going to want to play. And I don't think the Patriots are going to be comfortable doing either of those things to the level of where Uche wants. So why would you not trade Josh Uche? What is the point of not trading Josh Uche? Makes no sense unless you're the head coach and you want the 35% snaps. You want that guy that might be able to make a play, that might be able to win you a game this season at some point. Head coach Belichick versus GM Belichick. It's a problem. Uche should have been gone. And it's not because he's not a good player. Should have been gone, given the circumstances. Mike Kosicki. Again, maybe there was no interest in Mike Kosicki. But I'm looking to trade Mike Kosicki. He's been passed over by Farrow Brown. Kosicki's on a one-year deal. Now, maybe the Kendrick Bourne injury impacted this. But again, that's head coach Belichick and not GM Belichick. Maybe Gasicki will get more opportunity now that Bourne's out to play out of the slot and do some different things. Maybe his snaps will go up because of the injury situation to not only Bourne, but also Parker, who's concussed. But we're talking big picture versus week to week. GM Belichick, big picture. You should be looking to trade a guy like Gasicki for anything. Six-round pick, don't care. Give me the dart. I'm throwing it. I'm trying to hit the bullseye for a guy like Gasicki. What do you have to lose? Jalen Mills, Adrian Phillips, more guys. It's tough for me to believe that there's no market for a versatile defensive back who makes little money. Solid veteran guys. Trades were made yesterday. Not by the Patriots. So those are at least four or five guys that I would have traded really for anything. Because it's very unlikely they have a future with you. All right, my favorite category is coming up. First, don't forget to rate and review Spotify, Apple Pods, like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. All right. This category is the okay, I get it, but that's the category. Okay, I get why you kept these guys. But dot, dot, dot. Kyle Duggar, understand it. Understand why you would keep him. I think he's a very talented guy. I think he's somebody who gets it. He gets the program. He works hard. He says the right things. He makes impact plays. Not so much this year, which I'll get into in a second. But Duggar is somebody that I'm okay with keeping. I'm okay with that. 
I'm fine with that. Now, play him in the box because breaking news, he ain't a deep safety. And we've seen that. Play him in the box. Play him where he's comfortable. Put him in a position to succeed, Coach Belichick. But I'm okay. I get it. I get keeping Kyle Duggar. Michael Wenu. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I, I, I went back and forth on a Wenu between would have traded them for really anything and okay, I get it, which is kind of odd, but I'll break it down. Owenu is your best offensive lineman when he's healthy. This team needs offensive line help. So it's, and I'm not just talking about this season. I'm talking about next season, the year after. Owenu is a very good player. Very good player. However, you drafted a bunch of interior offensive linemen the last couple of years. You drafted Strange, you drafted Mafi, you drafted So, you drafted James Andrews. So here's why the Owenu thing is difficult. If Owenu is going to play tackle for you, I get it. If Owenu is going to be a guard, I don't get it. Because uh, you're not going to pay Owenu. You're not going to pay Owenu to be an offensive guard. You didn't want to pay Joe Tooney. You're not going to want to pay Owenu. And by the way, you shouldn't pay Owenu a bunch of money to play guard because you drafted all of those guards, including using a first freaking round pick on a guard. So, you know, there, there's if you're going to move Owenu to right tackle and he's going to stay there like he has the last couple of weeks, it's more understandable to me. But if he's going to play guard, it's not understandable. So, again, I, I get it. But dot, dot, dot. Another guy is Trent Brown. Very polarizing. The fact is, Brown has been your best offensive lineman this year. And if you look at a lot of different metrics and analytics, Trent Brown has been a top at least 10 offensive tackle, left tackle in the game. And you could argue that Brown has been a top five left tackle in the game this year. So, yes, he takes plays off. Yes, he messes up every once in a while, but he's been your best offensive lineman, and he's one of the best guys at his position in the league so far this season. And you're going to keep Mac. You're rolling with Mac for the rest of this year. You want to protect him as best as you can. This O-line's had tons of issues. We all know that. The pressure rate, again, was up this past weekend in Miami. So you want to keep Mac alive. You want to give Trent Brown the opportunity to protect the quarterback. You also wonder how much value Trent Brown has elsewhere because he's been on record saying the biggest mistake he made was leaving New England. He went to the Raiders and that was a fail big time. So Trent Brown, he might want a huge payday. I don't necessarily believe he's going to get that huge payday. I wouldn't be surprised if Trent Brown is back next year. And I don't think that's a terrible idea. Now, I wouldn't give him a big, fat contract extension. I wouldn't give him a three- or four-year deal. I'd give him a deal where he would have to continuously earn the money. But I, I get keeping Trent Brown. I, I get keeping Hunter Henry. We discussed this, I think it was last week. Greg Bedard brought up a great point on the podcast I do with him, and that's this idea of you, you could probably and should probably franchise Henry. He's done a good job. And when you look at the tight ends on this roster, you're not keeping Gasicki. You need at least 
one or two tight ends from this season to move forward next season. The last time they tried to draft tight ends, it was a disaster. Last year's draft was incredibly deep at tight end. They decided not to draft a tight end. So now because you decided not to draft a tight end in the draft last year, now you've got a bunch of free agents at the position this year. Do you see how much of a mess the decisions have been? So Hunter Henry, no tight ends under contract. I think it's certainly possible that he could get franchise tagged. It's not a high number. He's a veteran. He's a smart guy. Again, another uh, another player who gets it. He's close with Mac, and he's somebody that Mac trusts. So if you're moving forward, whether you agree with it, I agree with it or not, if you're the Patriots and you're moving forward with Mac next year, if you're going to give him a chance to at least compete for the job, then keeping Hunter Henry here makes sense. And even if it's not Mac, keeping Hunter here makes sense because of the depth issues and because of what he does on the field for you. With all of that said, the overall thought with the okay, I get it, guys, is that you have to sign them to extensions. You have to sign at least some of these guys to extensions. If this is another offseason where Duggar, Owenu, Brown, Henry, Gasicki, Uche, all of these guys, if you don't re-sign, especially the Duggars, the Owenus, the, the Browns, the Henrys, you don't have to sign every single one of those cats. But if you fail to sign Duggar and you didn't trade him for a pick, you screwed up because you knew that Duggar was going to make some really good money and you decided to keep him this season. You screwed up. It's asset mismanagement, massive asset mismanagement. If you do not extend at least some of these guys, you didn't trade them. So you're telling me that they should be part of your core, at least some of them. So if you don't sign Duggar or Awenu or Brown or Henry, two, three, or all four of those guys, if those, if those guys don't get extensions, then what you did yesterday makes absolutely zero freaking sense at any level. You screwed the pooch. And it's something we've seen before. Didn't want to trade Tooney, franchise tag Tooney. Then you're left scrambling with Tooney and not having somebody who quite can replace him. You know, the last drafted guy that this team has signed to an extension was Jake Bailey. Jake Bailey. And they gave him an extension and they released him months later. You see the problem with personnel decisions? The last draft pick they've extended is Jake freaking Bailey, a punter. A punter. If you fail to extend Duggar or a Wenu, then you stink. Full stop. Because it makes no sense. No sense. If he's too much, if they're too much, if Duggar outprices what you think they should make, then you should have traded him. Because you failed to read the market. You failed to understand how much money these guys were going to cost you in free agency. And you're not getting comp picks. You know, some people on X, they, they don't quite get this. You have $100 million in cap space. If you're worried about the compensatory formula, you're doing it wrong. Because as soon as you, as soon as you sign 
a free agent, as soon as you sign somebody for a bunch of money, those compensatory picks, whoop, they go out the window. So if you're getting compensatory picks, that means you didn't spend enough money in the offseason, which means you had $100 million going into the offseason operating with a team that's not good by the looks of it, and you decided to not spend that money intentionally, which would be egregious. It'd be irresponsible. It'd be malpractice. So forget the compensatory formula. You shouldn't be getting comp picks for any of these guys because you have to spend the money you have to make this team better. The roster needs all the talent it can get for 2024. I mean, it's just, it goes back to Josina Anderson and what she posted. Like, if you either deal or you pay. You didn't deal, so you best pay at least some of these guys and keep them as valued members of this roster moving forward. If not, it was such a brain-dead deadline yesterday. It's inexcusable. Those are my thoughts. Hopefully you enjoyed them. I did not enjoy the trading deadline yesterday, if you couldn't tell. Don't forget, advocate for the show. Help us out. Build a community. Rate and review Apple Pods and Spotify. Also, like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. I appreciate every single one of you for supporting the show. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, be well.